The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. By a large margin, the Toronto Maple Leafs are voted the most annoying fan base in the National Hockey League, and frankly, I must agree. I like them. They're just highly annoying. Leafs fans don't even know that they're that annoying which makes them the most annoying. Don't be fooled by the Calgary Flames, okay, at the bottom of the list, because this is only like 17, 18 teams. There's like 14 other teams behind them. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Yes, it is, and hello, good morning, and good afternoon to Eastern Canada. Welcome to the Rod Peterson Show. Yes, we're not in our normal environs, but we're still doing our show from the high school and the hometowns today. Rod is officially on Christmas break. He's actually in the sun and he's going to enjoy the rest of his holidays. So Darren DuPont here. We're going to be joined by guests over the next couple of days. Enjoy that. Justin Dunk will be along here in just a moment. He's going to be alongside today um, throughout the, the program. And then we're going to be joined by TSN's NHL analyst Dave Poulin. And we're going to be joined by Sportsnet's Arash Madani coming up a little later on. In hour two, tomorrow is going to be fun too. More guests and Darren Bombing from Winnipeg and Bonfire Sports will be down uh, to co-host tomorrow's show. So that will get you set for the next couple of days. And of course, Friday is our annual World Junior Preview Special. Rod will be back. Peter Labardius, Julie Robenheimer will be alongside. And then special guests, Alan Miller will be here. Michael Dick, uh, the assistant coach from Hockey Canada. So it will be a lot of fun over the next few days as we get you set for Christmas. But uh, let's bring in Justin Dunk. From my hometown to his hometown in Guelph, that's the parents' farm, right? That's right, buddy. Rural Guelph, Ontario, buddy. Officially Guelph Nickel Township. I dig it. Okay, I like it. And we're in the chicken capital of Canada. I don't know if you knew that. When you're in Saskatchewan. <laughs> I did not. In the high school gym. <laughs> yeah, the chicken capital. We had these things called the chicken chariot races every summer, where you put chickens in these cages and you bang on the and you race chickens with little chariots behind them. Pretty awesome. So anyways, we're here for the holidays in the gym. Uh, what I love about it too is like as a kid, you always wanted to uh, be in the gym and have like free gym time, right? Like being here when nobody else is. So like I'll probably stay all afternoon and shoot hoops and like mess around. So it's going to be cool. But uh, <laughs> yeah, looking forward to that. So uh, how have you been? I mean, what's, what's your current day-to-day like, Justin, now that the CFL is done? Do you get a little bit of a post-CFL break? Because the news cycle at three down doesn't ever slow down. 
It doesn't, buddy. I'm doing well in general. I mean, I miss doing the Canada West games with you, of course, but nice to connect with you virtually for the show. And honestly, the off season in the CFL in terms of three down nation becomes busier than the regular season. I don't think some people can quite comprehend how or why, but things like we've seen this week, Sean Burke being hired as a general manager in Ottawa, you're tracking those situations. And then of course, Chris Jones being the guy that's been tabbed to lead Edmonton as the head coach and general manager. And you're getting the inside scoop. So you're talking to a lot of people from coast to coast in all different time zones to make sure that you can deliver the best insight possible on three down nation. And of course, when I come on the show with you guys, yeah, we're going to get into that too. We want to talk, you know, get your thoughts on how this Chris Jones situation came to be. We'll talk about Sean Burke. We'll talk about some other moves that may happen. We'll get into the little preview of CFL offseason and, and give the CFL fans today a, a little bit of a early Christmas present in terms of coverage and, and what they can expect throughout the year and maybe what their teams are looking at. I know you guys had a great list out about the one free agent that everybody is uh, or should be prepared to lose. I think it was something like that, right? Um, that's a great article. I want to get into that because there's a couple of players and there's going to be some fan bases a little bit upset. So I love it. And then Rod put out one player from each team that they need to re-sign right away. Their top priority. So that'll be really cool. Uh, we'll get into Tuesday's NFL games to put a, a, a wrap on week 15 in the National Football League last night. Uh, doubleheader, rare Tuesday uh, kind of doubleheader there. So we'll get into that. We'll talk about the NHL COVID uh, lockdown as well. And of course, Rashford and Dave Poulin are coming up later on in the program. So let's go to NFL Tuesday, Justin. And let's start with Washington, Philadelphia. Um, again, tough game. I mean, the Eagles win 27-17. Jalen Hurts has three TDs. Is Jalen Hurts legitimately a long-time or long-term franchise option at quarterback for the Eagles? Dude, it seems like he shows these flashes of it, but then he regresses and it depends on the week. So you can see it in a game like last night shows the potential there. And with Nick Sirianni, the head coach, seemingly liking Hurts and his playing style and has really tailored the offense to Hurts in terms of the, the RPO, the run pass options that he has, and then also using his still set to get him out on the move and drafting a guy like Devonta Smith to be a number one receiver with him, who he was familiar with from Alabama. So. I think that the potential is there for Hertz to be a franchise guy, but we need to see him be more consistent, right? You see it from the elite guys, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Obviously, they have Super Bowl titles and multiple MVPs, but those guys, they don't really have poor weeks. Yes, Brady was shut out for the first time, I think, in his career over the weekend, but still, that's an ultra rarity. So if Hertz can become more consistent, then yeah, he can be a guy that you can build around Philly. Hey, podcast listeners, sorry to interrupt your podcast. It's Moose here wanting to tell you about another podcast, the Knuckleheads podcast. Our friends over there, they bring on some of the best NBA players, past and present, to have totally unguarded conversations about sports, culture, and basketball nostalgia. It's hosted by former NBA players Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles. It's called the Knuckleheads podcast. It's their seventh season doing the podcast, and already this season, they've had Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Sue Bird, 
and DeMar DeRozan, the former Toronto Raptor. Yes, NBA veterans Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles. They're lifelong friends and bona fide truth tellers. So listen in to the Knuckleheads podcast as they invite on special guests, high-profiled athletes, musicians, and entertainers to get brutally honest about everything from current events to unstold, untold stories from the golden era of sports and culture. It is the Knuckleheads podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Washington's an interesting group because now they're falling a little bit behind, but they're a group that's dangerous, but they got to play. They were calling them the COVID quarterback last night, at least around the, the guys and girls <laughs> that I was watching the game with. And like, that's what, that's what uh, Cleveland was dealing with too. Like, you know, is Washington a team that should be upset about protocols or just a team that, you know, like had an opportunity last night and couldn't get it done? Yeah, I mean, it's just the world we're living in, right, buddy? We're all experiencing with this virus and the variants and Omicron and who knows what's going to come at us next. So the fact that you have to start a guy like Eric Gilbert is just what happens now in the NFL. At least they weren't like the Denver Broncos last year where they had to start a receiver, Kendall Hinton, at quarterback and activate him off the practice roster. If they had a legit dude that's played quarterback, and oh, by the way, Gilbert in the past has been on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders negotiation list. So for anyone monitoring that situation and maybe wanting a guy to come in and compete, with Cody Fajardo and push him a little bit. I know there's been some talk around Regina and the Wheat Province about that. And hey, you get a little bit of a look at Gilbert here. Biggest stat last night, Philadelphia, 238 yards on the ground, Washington, 63. So that, that will hurt you. And that's a little bit of the scenario that's, you know, facing the Seattle Seahawks right now. Russell Wilson completed just 17 passes last night. You know, they failed to get over 100 yards rushing in the football game. 80 yards for the Seahawks in the loss. So we got a lot of Seahawks fans that watch this show. Brady texts in all the time. And we'll get to your text messages. 902-518-3033. Um, text the show. But, and I'm sure there's a text in there from Brady that I'll have to go and look at. He'll be upset. He'll have thoughts on his, wash, or on his uh, Seattle Seahawks. But is it the coach? Is it Russ? Is it, you know, we have this Seattle nostalgia that they should be good, but they're really not? Or what's going on in Seattle? Because right now, 150 yards, 17 completions, and 80 yards rushing is not going to win football games. Agreed. Before we get into the analysis, so where's the text jingle? Man, I was waiting for it. I thought you were teasing it. Can we, can we tee that up for Justin coming up in a bit? Is that something <laughs> we can do? Okay, Justin, it's ready. So hang tight. Let's talk Seahawks, and then we'll get you the text chain. All right. So in terms of the Seahawks, you mentioned, is it Pete Carroll? Is it Russell Wilson? In my mind, this was a doomed season from the jump when they decided not to trade Russell Wilson and they were going to go forward, even though he was clearly disgruntled. That was never going to work. You know, we watched the Winnipeg Blue Bombers win back-to-back -back breakups. And what do they talk about, dupes? The culture that Mike O'Shea has set. Well, the culture that Carroll had set in the past was obviously one that worked for them, but that has been eroded to the point where you can tell the relationship is at its end. Like it's time to divorce. It's one year too late. It's sort of when you're with your girlfriend and you're hesitant to break up with her because you're hoping maybe it'll work and you want to hold out hope, but you know that it's probably the end and you kind of wait those six extra months. So in my mind, that's what costs the Seahawks this season is they didn't have that hard stop and the relationship trade Wilson out of town and move on to the next regime in terms of what you're going to do at quarterback. And maybe that means the end of Pete Carroll. We got to remember he's getting old too. He's still got lots of energy, 
But in my mind, the Seahawks season was just going to be a failed one from the get-go. I can relate to Seahawks fans here, Justin, because Tennessee, the Titans, went through this situation a number of years ago. And it was Jeff Fisher on one side, it was Vince Young on the other side, and it was Bud Adams in the middle, right? Pulling the strings. And he had to choose. Am I choosing the coach? Am I choosing the quarterback? And everybody talked about Vince Young's numbers, how he doesn't have the mechanics, how his throwing you know, numbers aren't quite what they need to be to win at this level. But all he did was win games. Engineer fourth quarter comebacks. He led the team. He won games. W's. You got it. And it wasn't pretty. Now, we know he was in a good system that worked for him, and he didn't have the success translated you know, when he went to Philadelphia or he moved around the National Football League. But Bud Adams ultimately chose Jeff Fisher, and it didn't work out. Are the Seahawks in a position where they have to choose Pete Carroll or Russell Wilson? Or is there, are there a scenario where they need to get rid of both guys? That's a great comparison, my man. And I think they're at that point. That's not to say that Pete Carroll can't coach at a high level anymore. But it seems like Wilson doesn't want to be there with him. And that's reading the tea leaves and him talking about wanting a trade. So we need to find out if that has to do with Carroll or the general manager, John Schneider. Because it was pretty clear at the end of last season that Wilson wanted to be protected better. And they didn't really invest in the offensive line. Now, it played out well for Pierre-Olivier Lestage, a Canadian offensive lineman out of the University of Montreal, who's on their practice roster now because they didn't really draft a lot of dudes at that position. But you got to protect your asset, right? Like, dupes in business or anything else, the most coveted asset that you have, you need to surround it and make sure that whatever it is, is protected in the best possible way. So in my mind, they didn't do that with Wilson. And that's why this is coming to a head. And in my mind, it's ultimately going to result in a divorce. It seems to me a little bit too, like Wilson wants to be in a different market. One of the bigger markets, quote, like, yes, he's won a Super Bowl with Seattle. He's been there for so long that it seems like to me, he wants a change of scenery. Like not exactly like LeBron James going to Miami or Los Angeles, but something very similar. So if you're thinking of bigger markets for, for Russell Wilson, what's that market? Because LA has their quarterback, right? Both LA teams have their quarterback in Justin Herbert and Matt Stafford. You know, Dallas has their quarterback, I think, in Dak. And I think they're committed to him long-term, but you're not really sure. Tampa's got their guy, Tom, for how long? You know, you look at the big markets and where does Aaron Rodgers fit into all this? But it's Houston... In, as one of the bigger markets in the NFL, is that a fit for Russell? Because I haven't heard that a lot, but maybe that's something that's not being discussed that should be. Yeah, I mean, it's not as big of a market as I think Russell Wilson would want to go to. You've got to remember who he's married to, right? Sierra, she's about big time, prime time stage. So where my mind goes when I think of markets, you know, you mentioned it. The LA teams have their quarterbacks right now. It's New York. And I know the Giants recently drafted Daniel Jones, but he's not really looking like a franchise guy. He's been there for three years already. Can you imagine? It's already been three years since Jones has been in New York and fallen on his face. And then you look at the other team in the Jets, and yes, they used a high pick on Zach Wilson, but you kind of get the sense there that if we're starting some of these other guys over him that they drafted behind him, how much trust do they have in him? So I would want to see Wilson get more of a chance. But I'm talking about NYG, the New York Giants, I could see as a place where Wilson would want to go. Now, another spot that would make a lot of sense is Chicago, a huge market. They have Justin Fields there, who is kind of, sort of a young Russell Wilson. I mean, he's got a long way to go in terms of winning a Super Bowl and being a perennial Pro Bowl quarterback, 
or all pro quarterback like Wilson, but that would be another massive market that you would think that Wilson would potentially cover. Finally, last kind of NFL thought right now, and we'll get into more and we'll look ahead to week 16 in the National Football League, but you look at what happened in week 15. The Patriots lost, the Cardinals lost, the Bucks lost. Three teams all in my top five a week ago. And because of this weird season or this weird COVID week, I didn't do a top five. So think about this because coming up later on, I want to get your top five in the NFL as of today. But of those three teams that lost last week, that they're all in my top five, Tampa, Arizona, and New England, who are you most worried about? Which, which loss was for real? The loss that worried me the most, honestly, was the Cardinals loss and Kyler Murray stating that, hey, this isn't the team like last year. So that shows me that they're thinking at least somewhere in their mind about the collapse that they had a year ago. And that worries me. Right? I like the guys that are strong mentally and are focused on what's next, what's to come, what's in the future, not even thinking about comparing it to the collapse that they had a year ago. So for my money, it's that Lions upset victory over the Cardinals that has me really worried about that team in Zona. Yeah, I mean, just something about you when you watch the Arizona Cardinals, you're not as convinced watching that team is when you watch the Green Bay Packers. There's a definite one and two there, right? In the NFC. And, and it just feels like when Aaron Rodgers has the football, you're a little more confident that he's going to go down the field and, and engineer something with Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. Today, it feels like I'm going to stay and watch because he might make something magical happen, but I'm not really scared as a defense that it's just automatic that Arizona's going to win. I'm a little little nervous about the Cardinals. I'm with you on that for sure. Hey, get your texts in for Justin Dunk. We're going to go deep on the CFL next after the break. So get your texts in, 902-518-3033. Jim Wagner wrote in, Justin, on the text line. He says, it's the Dunk and Dupe show. Sounds like fun or a cheesy cop show. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Um, Could be both. The Dunk and Dupe show. Yeah, it could be both. I can, I can see it. Or the name of our coffee should coffee and donut shop. <laughs> Something like that. Also coming up this hour, Dave Poulin from TSN. Uh, we'll get into the, the NHL's plans moving forward and what he sees there. We're, we're also going to talk about hockey at the Olympics. And that's our poll question. And we'll leave you th- with this. Heading into the break, our, our uh, poll question for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center is this. Will you be watching the Olympic hockey tournament with no NHL players. Will you be watching? Vote now. It's on Twitter, here on YouTube as well. Um, And we'll get to your results. We'll talk about that, but we'll get into the CFL next. This is the Rod Peterson Show on a Christmas, pre-Christmas show. Rod on vacation as Christmas holidays have started early. And we'll be back with more with Justin Dunk here in a moment. You're watching on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live and Listen Live, 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.
Yeah, Christmas Eve, Friday, our World Junior Preview Show. Rod will be back. Peter Labardius, Julie Robenheimer. We'll have members from Hockey Canada. It's at our regular time, the show, YouTube, Game Plus, Noon Eastern, all across the network. So enjoy that, our World Junior Preview Show. So we get you set for the uh, World Juniors. World Juniors announcing 50% capacity for hearing that. Edmonton and Red Deer, but the games will go on. So that's exciting. We'll find out if there's more happening as the news continues to break and we'll get TSN uh, analyst Dave Poulin's thoughts on that in a moment. But we bring back Justin Dunk uh, as we head into the break. It was our poll question for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. Our poll question is, with no NHL players going to the Olympics, will you be watching the Olympic hockey tournament? I don't have the results in front of me. Do we have YouTube results, Clark, on the poll question. 56% say yes, they'll still watch. So it's having an impact. Justin, will you be watching the Olympics with no NHL participation? I'll still check out Team Canada's games, honestly, but I won't be as dialed in, man. Like, you won't be as on the edge of your seats. We're going to see some old names, I would think, pop up. I've seen some funny posts on Twitter where people are like paging this old player to come out of retirement <laughs> like for Canada, but I don't think it's going to have the buzz. Certainly not. What about you do? Well, no, it won't have the buzz, but my concern is if NHL players aren't going to the Olympics, what does hockey Canada do? And what does the Canadian Olympic committee do? If that's, you know, who plays a role in the decision because they already backed out of going to the Spangler cup. And if this continues to get worse, like I see an Olympics with no Canada, no U.S. Not 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 Canada's B team, not Canada's you know amateur hockey team. I see an Olympics with no team Canada. Do you see a path to that as a possibility? I do, man. I really do. When you look at it at the government level, just in and of itself, right? We've heard from Joe Biden and Justin Trudeau on both sides of the border. Obviously, Trudeau being our prime minister, saying that they're a part of this boycott. So. You would imagine that the IOC is looking at this going, hey, how much is this going to impact our revenue? And should we bump the games a year? Like, in my mind, that's the smart decision here. We saw them do it with the summer games. They were able to get those in with, you know, a decent amount of success, I should say, in terms of the COVID case count. So in my mind, that is the clear and easy way for the IOC to potentially have the NHL players there a year from now. And ideally, it's a better COVID situation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, unless Canada is looking at finding all the available hockey players in Beijing in the area, you know, or, you know, I don't anticipate them traveling a bunch of players over if they're not going to send NHL players. But again, we'll see where that goes. But I could see absolutely see an NHL or an Olympics with no NHL um, participation. Janelle's watching on YouTube and Janelle says, should any Olympians be going? What are your thoughts on this? Because you, you're an athlete and you know a lot of Olympic athletes. And I had a chance to meet a couple of wonderful ones when I was out in BC and we had great conversations. Look at, you know, your peak as, a, as an athlete, it, the window is small, right? And you have to hope that your window of reaching your maximum potential happens to fall on the timeline of life that lines up with the leapfrogging four years of the Olympics. And if you miss one year or one window, that might be your only chance you ever get to compete at the greatest stage for, for athletics in the world. So 
the athletes don't want to miss a memory, but there is also health and safety to consider. Should any Olympians be going to Beijing? That's a difficult part of it, man. As you mentioned, the peak. And I remember I had Donovan Bailey in an exclusive one-on-one for CHCH TV when the summer games were moved and got his thoughts on exactly this from a sprinter perspective. How is that going to affect the preparation? How could that potentially affect who is going to win the 100 meters? He understood the decision in terms of it being the safest possible idea for the athletes to bump a year in the summer. So you'd imagine a lot of these same discussions are going on around the winter athletes. And we talked about Trudeau has already said that they're going to go along with this boycott. So can the Canadian Olympic Committee even be allowed to send their athletes over there without the grace of Trudeau, without him giving the go ahead? So in my mind, from the athletic perspective, it's tricky because, yeah, you might only get one shot where you're at your absolute peak and you've trained for this moment. And yes, we're still a couple months out, but the athletes will have gone through their schedule and literally laid it out minute by minute to make sure that they peak for their event whenever it happens to be during the Olympics. So it's one thing if you're going to reset it and they can go through that process again. But we got to remember, it's not like Olympic athletes make millions of dollars either. There are a few that become stars. You know, Kaylee Wickenheiser would certainly be one. She's on the hockey side, so it's a little different. Donovan Bailey would be a great example of that, and it's different when you win and you're the fastest man in the entire world. So they have a lot of athletes that are at the lower end of the scale in terms of the money that they get from Athletics Canada or from the COC to be able to go to the Olympics. Like We often focus on the medal winners. But that's not so much the case here with the entire group of athletes that you're sending over. They're literally having to make life decisions right now. And can I go another year and stretch my budget financially from a personal perspective to even be there? Yeah. Well, the comments are rolling in on this. We've, we've touched on something because you, you, we've got a real divide here. And it showed in our poll result questions. If you'll pay attention to the Olympics without you know, NHL players, 55 or I think it was 56% said yes at the time. John Ohm's watching and says, why are we even having an Olympics during times like this? They're crazy times. So that's crazy. Um, people, some people think we shouldn't have them. Some people think that, you know, we should. Wayne Grolo's watching, says we, I'm just praying that they don't shut down everything in the next few weeks. So you got one side saying, don't shut down. You got another side saying, look at, this is crazy. It's just sports. It's just the it's just the Olympics. But it's bigger than that. It's not just the Olympics. I mean, this is a little more than just playing sports, is it not? It is. The Olympics and some of the other events like it, like the World Cup or even, you know, the Super Bowl and obviously the Stanley Cup, those are events that in my mind cross the line in terms of from sports to news, right? If a Canadian wins a gold medal like Damian Warner, that becomes news. That led our newscast at CHCH TV when Warner won his gold medal, just like any other Canadian athlete who's been so fortunate to do so. So it's not just an event. It's not just sports at that point. It becomes much bigger than that. And that's why there's so much on the line and at stake here, and especially for the IOC in terms of the revenue. They're not going to be happy that the NHL players aren't going there because they know that's going to hit them square in the pocketbook. Now, there's people on the other side that say that the IOC are thieves and they continue to boost the 
amount of money that you got to pay to put the Olympics on your channel. Like, for example, what CBC would have to pay, what NBC would have to pay in the United States. So there's some people that really don't feel so sorry for the Olympics here. But the fact for me that it is that event or one of them that crosses from sports to being news and a massive story in just our country, but not even just in our country, around the world, is what differentiates the Olympics and some of the events that I name that go with it. Yeah, and this is a topic. Uh, Christine's watching in, and I'll see if how Rod does this, in medicine hat. Um, it's funny. She says, Cousin Christine wants to know if there will be, if dupes will have a couch rant today, if there'll be a rant. There <laughs> might be. There might be if we get on something. Um, there's things I'm passionate about. And one of them is this. Damien Cox, I saw this on Twitter, so I've been pulling this up. And um, here's what he tweeted. He said, just not bummed at all that NHL players won't be going to the authoritarian China. Um, he has a hashtag in here in the middle of a pandemic to perform under the auspicious, uh, you know, the of IOC among the most corrupt sports organizations on the planet. I'm just not worried, you know, not interested in NHL players going because of that. Well, there's other perspectives to this, right? I mean, so that's and we're seeing that, right? It's corrupt. We should boycott the games. It's just the Olympics. Like, nobody cares. I'm over it. Doesn't matter. But the Olympics at its core is like the purest form of sport, right? It was amateurs. Um, it's countries against countries. It's the purest form of pride and sport and unity and all of that. Now, I get it's become a money thing and it's, and it's all about power and, and greed. And there's all these corrupt uh, organizations. And it's a reason why we've seen wrestling out of the Olympics and how corrupt it is and the drug problems that have been going on behind the scenes. But as a fan of sports, hi, Dave. <laughs> we'll get you in a second. Dave Poole and logging in just a little bit early. Thanks, guys, for jumping on that. We'll get Justin back in here uh, in a second. We got about five minutes, four or five minutes left with Justin. But, and, we'll, and I don't know if Justin, he obviously won't hear this till he's logged back in. Oh, there he is. You just, you got bumped for a second, but that's okay. That's the wonderful uh, beauty of live television. Everybody's getting a look behind the fourth wall here. But, but the other side of this corrupt, you know, I don't care if the Olympics are on, and I understand that viewpoint. The other side is, as a fan, as a kid, but even as somebody who's just a fan and has the blinders on to all the politics that are going on, I don't get to, I don't care about that. I don't see that. I don't know that that's even going on. You know, when Canada's playing hockey at the 2002 Olympics in Salt Lake City, I don't know about what's going on behind the scenes. I don't know about the corruptness. I know that I fall in love with my country. I fall in love with these players. It is the most pure thing in my heart when I'm watching the Olympics, right? Because I don't see the other side of it. Now, is that right? Is that wrong to put the blinders on? That's to be determined. So, but there is two sides to this. And for the athletes, they'll never get this opportunity to come back. And we'll forget about the corruptness, but we'll always remember the moment of Sidney Crosby scoring the gold medal goal, the golden goal. We'll always remember Bob Cole's iconic Joe Sackett call when Joe makes it five to two and you see Wayne Gretzky jumping out of his seat. We'll always remember that, right? We won't always remember about the corrupt policies and about the different things that were going on behind the scenes. Does that mean we should ignore it? Probably not, but that's the other side to this, right? 
It is. And you mentioned Damian Cox there, and I have respect for him as a journalist and a reporter, and he's entitled to his opinion. But if Canada was going to the Olympics with the NHL players on their team, you know what he would be writing and tweeting about? Canada playing in the Olympics with NHL players and going for that gold medal. So I understand his point, and I agree to an extent. And like you said, you presented the fan side of it, right? There is the corrupt side. There is the IOC that makes millions and billions of dollars off of these athletes who I just said have struggles at points putting food on the table, right? They're trying to make ends meet just to get there and have the chance to be a star on that stage. So in a sense, I agree with you, Dupes. It is athletics at its purest form, and we all love it because the athletes from our country are wearing the red and white and representing our country, and we get to know their stories, and they're from not only the big cities, but the small towns, and it really unites us as a country. But I think even as much as you're a fan, you need to keep the perspective that there is business and there is money at play here. And anytime you say business, I mean, you think money, you think dollars and cents. And in my mind, that's what's going on. If the IOC was willing to shell out a bunch of dough and make sure the NHL players were well taken care of, in my mind, they would be there. Jeffrey Townen says, Olympics in, is the purest form of sports? Question mark. Maybe in 200 AD. Uh, he makes a good point. I mean, that's pretty funny. See, that is something that I would put up there for Taco Time comment of the week, the viewer comment of the week. That's pretty funny. So let's log that one and maybe uh, we'll find a, a way to put that in the top of the leaderboard for next week. But, uh, but he's right. You, have, you can't just put blinders on and understand that this corrupt side of it isn't happening. I totally understand that. Look, I promised that we would talk CFL, but we will do that next hour. Okay. So please stay tuned for next hour. But Justin, before we let you go and bring in Dave Poulin, give us a tease um, on the number one CFL topic that we're going to get into next hour. Ooh, there's so many. But to me, what's going on right now, we're going to get into dupes, who is the most coveted man in the CFL. That's the best tease I got for you. Hot and fresh. Woo. That is unreal. Okay. The number one, who is the most in-demand person in the CFL? We're going to find out that coming up in hour two, and we'll get into the NHL, their uh, temporary shutdown, and what lo- what's ahead after Christmas in the National Hockey League with TSN's Dave Poole, and we'll do that next. This is the Rod Peterson Show here from the Winyard Compass at High School Gymnasium. This is where I uh, grew up and went to school. Dunk is in his hometown. I'm in mine. And we'll find out where Dave Poulin is on the other side of the break. It's the Rod Peterson Show here on the holidays on YouTube Live, Game Plus TV, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Hey, welcome back. My hometown, this is Winyard, the composite high school. Um, They've let me have the whole run of the place here for the next two days. How cool is that? So uh, it's awesome. We're rolling and we're into the holidays here. Rod is officially on Christmas vacation. So he'll be back though Friday for our World Junior Preview show. Um, so that's going to be great. Also, Justin Dunn coming up ahead in hour two. And I promise, I promise, I promise, I promise we'll get to your comments and we'll talk 
about the CFL and the number one most coveted person in the league. That's coming up in hour two. But let's shift gears. Let's go to Ontario, where things are looking a little different than they are here in the sweatpants capital. Dave Poulin from TSN uh, joins us. Happy holidays, Dave. Same to you. Good to chat. And you got a nice setup there. I love it. I love the high school gym. It looks great. <laughs> yeah, somebody said it looked like a church gymnasium with the, uh, with the couch they put up on the stage and a place to hang out. So, uh, no, it's fun. Shoot some hoops in the commercial break. And, you know, this is pretty good. It doesn't get much better than this, right? Yeah, it's perfect. Well, everybody's home setup has been different. And I have a couple of different ones going in the house, depending on what else is going on in the house. So you've got the full, you know, the library, Gino Reddit, TH studio setup, and then you've got your podcast yeah. setups. And so they're all a little bit different, but you know what? We've made it work. You know what? We have, and it's been great. And I know the networks have been great about making sure you guys are, are set up with all the gear you need. You know, our guys have been really great and adapting. I mean, Rod's been traveling. He wants to get out of the snow. So he's been in Florida where it's warm and sunny. And, you know, it was funny last week. I was getting prepared to go in the studio and sit in my chair and do the show. And I, and I wake up and it's, it's, it was minus 20. And I'm like, wait a second. I can do the show from home. I've got all the gear. I don't have to get out and start the car and go into the studio. And we did. It was great. So it's not so bad. That is great. So question for you. Who tells Rod when he's on vacation? Like, how does he know that? compared to what he's doing every day down in the sunshine and everything else. So uh, I was laughing when they said he's got a couple of days off. I'm like, okay, do you have to tell him when he's got a couple of days off? Or does he... <laughs> Has he figured How do you tell the out? difference? How about right. That? Like, what is the difference between what he does every day and like a haul at like between a vacation? I know like he sits on his deck with no shoes on and, and talks about sports for two hours. And now that, what's a holiday, right? That reminded me of, of Vin Scully, right? They ask Vin, when are you going to retire? Yeah, they ask Vin, when are you going to retire? He's like, what do you I wake up and I play nine holes with the boys. And then I come home and read the box scores and have some coffee. I go to the ballpark and I talk baseball for three hours. And I come home and have a, have a tea with my wife. What would I retire to do, right? That is retirement. Well, we're all fortunate because when your vocation is your avocation, then you're doing something right. So... I've been pretty fortunate with a lifetime in hockey as well. So no complaints here. 100%. That's great. So things are different uh, out where you are. I think you're in Ontario, right? Um, what is the current situation with shutdowns and kind of the day-to-day? -day? How much has it changed in the last couple of weeks? Well, it seems to be changing every day. So we're at 50% in restaurants and 50% capacity for events. I think private events are 10 people. I think that's what they're saying. So that'll narrow things down for the holidays. You know, I was set down to go um, with Ottawa. I was going to be in Ottawa on Sunday and Tuesday to broadcast games. And then I was heading today. I would have been flying to LaGuardia and doing the Ottawa Jersey game tomorrow night. And then getting back here, I'm sorry, Montreal and Jersey tomorrow night, and then getting back here the morning of the 24th. So as all this develops, you're watching, you know, first Calgary was the first team to drop, and then you're watching teams that are going to be crossing the border and threats of quarantine. And you start to think about yourself, okay, you know, is there a chance the way the testing was set up that you would get caught in New York for 10 days or 14 days? And there was. And 
all of a sudden when it's you personally, it's, it's, okay, this is real now and we have to deal with this and this is what teams are dealing with. And so I was essentially in the exact same position as players on Canadian teams would have been or U.S. teams traveling to Canada if you got caught on the wrong side of the border. So, you know, when it all happened, I understood it, but I understood it from a personal level and it's so challenging. I mean, we're back up. You know, I'm, I'm supposed to be traveling the 27th and in the Floridas and Carolina, the 28th through the 2nd with Montreal. So we'll remain to see what happened. And I, I believe there are four cross-border games due the 27th. So, you know, let's wait and see, as we're all doing. Well, and that's it. It's like, I mean, I can ask you to predict where it's going to go, but we just have no idea. The one question I have is, when you were playing, what was the schedule like? you know, during the holidays, were you guys playing games through the holidays? What did you have for a break when you were playing? That's a great question because I've actually just uh, penned a column this morning for the star on the weekend about Christmas memories. And we got one day off Christmas day. That's it. That's it. You were allowed to practice on Christmas Eve and you virtually always played. We always had a boxing game day against Washington. And so, it was totally totally different and i won't spill the whole story but it's a pretty funny story that i tell um for my for my sunday article about christmas eve in 1984 when a rookie coach named mike keenan decided he was going to teach a major life point to his hockey club on christmas eve at eight o'clock in the morning so um I'll tease with that, and then I'll throw the story up on Twitter as soon as it releases and let you know that if I'm still talking about a, something that happened on Christmas Eve in 1984, it had a pretty significant impact on me. It's coming out on Boxing Day. Okay, so go to Twitter, find Dave on Twitter, hit the little icon to get the notification so you'll get that tweet notification. Because now i now I got to read the article on Sunday. So that was an excellent tease. So the follow-up to that is. Do you think somewhere that this is going to be welcomed, at least in the short term, by NHL players? Because now they should get a Christmas with their families, which they maybe normally wouldn't get this much of a holiday. I think if it were clear-cut what was happening after Christmas, I would say yes. But I think yeah. in the bottom of, you know, somewhere tucked in the back of your mind when you're doing whatever you're doing, whether it be decorating a tree or wrapping gifts or whatever, you're going to be wondering what is going to happen. And if we were saying, hey, we're going back and everything's a clear go for the 27th or 26th and we're ready to go, we'll be skating, we'll be going. Yes, this would be, you'd be very, very happy having a Christmas break like this. And, you know, in both Philadelphia and Boston, Darren, um, we traveled the day after Christmas. And so the ice show came into, I think it was the ice show into Philadelphia and the circus into Boston or vice versa for like two weeks. So every year on Christmas Day, I was packing up the tree. And, you know, so you, you kind of have mixed thoughts on it. Your, your prelude to Christmas was whatever it was. Most often we played the 23rd. You skated the 24th. You jammed your Christmas dinner in and you were gone. And so it's nice now, actually, you know, whatever break I get. and talk about appreciating something i've appreciated a lot more and you realize how many of the holidays you do give up when you're a player and you know the ultimate is probably the world juniors and those kids couldn't be happier to be giving it up 
and participating for the respective countries over Christmas. Because if you're playing in the World Juniors, you're the focus of everyone's attention. Oh, no kidding. Jeez, where's the time gone? We got less than a couple of minutes here. Um, so that's, that's crazy. Um, there's so much I want to get into, but I want some good news. Heading into the break, um, and I want to give our viewers across the country a, a little something to look forward to. Who have you been most impressed with um, in the early part of the season when it comes to the Canadian teams in the National Hockey League? Um, I don't know if there's one team that, you know, I, everybody's had their ebbs and flows. The Leafs had it early. They've probably been the most impressive as of late. Um, Edmonton certainly early. Calgary had a great start. I still think Winnipeg is going to be contended with. They went through something incredibly, you know, powerful with their coach. And, and I mentioned it, it, it was almost as if Paul Maurice you know, fired his hockey club. The oldest adage is you can't fire all the players, so you fire the coach. Well, the coach got out of ahead of it on that one. And I still really like their team. I think it was an, an admirable decision on Paul's part to step away when he did, because I believe he did it for the team and for the organization. Um, you know, I think those four teams are, are still going to be significant players. I really do. And, and I don't know which way to bend or, or, or push them, because I think those four teams are all going to be you know, contesting for playoff spots and, and factors in the playoffs. Montreal's had an incredibly challenging year. Uh, I don't see that changing. Ottawa's been fun to watch as of late. And, you know, Vancouver under Bruce, hey, <laughs> what a great Christmas gift they got. And when someone asked me about them skating right now, I said they probably want to go to the rink twice a day right now. It's so much fun for them. So it's a pretty clear lesson in how quickly it can turn around. But, you know, at the top of the list, right now is probably Toronto in terms of performance and in terms of what their fans think, but there's always going to be that little hesitation that says, you know, we've still got to do it late year. Last one, real short, simple. The Canucks have won six in a row. You just mentioned, are they a playoff team? Uh... I'm going to say no right now, and it's really tough. I just think it's going to be hard to keep pushing. Vegas is is clearly doing what they do. I'm just not sure how they fit. Um, I think Calgary and Edmonton are both for real. And so Vancouver's going to be scrapping, but those California teams, you know, particularly, well, really all three of them at various points through this first half, I think it's going to come down to Vancouver and and the – California teams, and you're going to have to oust at least two of the three. Great stuff, Dave. Great chat. Good to see you. And uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. All the best. Terrific. Have a great holiday. Thanks. Dave Poulin joining us from Ontario, TSN's Dave Poulin. Uh, your thoughts? Taco time. Viewer takeover is next. I'll get better at managing the comments. We're diving into the text line, 902 518 uh, 30 double three and uh, more from you on YouTube as well. It's the Rod Peterson show YouTube live game plus TV and wherever you get your podcasts and 24 seven sports radio as well at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson show now. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now, back to the studio with Rod. 
It's taco time, viewer takeover. They're uh, in-house, or they're, uh, they're hot sauce. Their signature hot sauce is made in-house daily. I did that right off the top of the noggin. That's how much I remember these liners. Anyways, we're into the YouTube comments. We'll get into the text as well. 902-518-3033. Merry Christmas, everybody. Bill Lothian is messaging. It says, happy Wednesday. Merry Christmas to all. Uh, Glenn Erickson, great comment. Uh, awesome to have Chris Jones in a leadership role in the CFL. The league needs all the personality it can find. The owners used to provide some of this, but that ship sure has sailed. Yes, it has. Great comment, Glenn. We'll get to more of these. And Justin Dunk coming up in hour two with the most coveted man in Canadian football. That's coming up next. The Rod Peterson Show here on YouTube Live Game Plus and wherever you get your podcast. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com.